Hey there, Friday Night Movie family. You are listening to a very special Baltimore Comic-Con 2022 episode of the Friday Night Movie podcast. This episode is packed, filled with amazing guests. We hope you enjoy it. As usual, you can follow us at Friday Night Movie on Twitter and Instagram and all of the Friday Night Movie shenanigans at FridayNightMoviePod.com. Enjoy the show. Baltimore Comic Con. Yay! We are with Jinx and Kenny. And Becky, of course. Hi, Becky. Hi, Becky. Hi. What's your name? I didn't hear you Becky's, Becky's a little bit in shock. She just met John Leguizamo, and but I, made it awkward. But I made it so awkward. How and now awkward I'm, did you make it? I, I 100% thought I was referencing a deep cut, you know, like something that he would really know, and then talking about it. And he was so polite, and he's so nice, and I recommend everyone, if you get the chance to meet him, meet him. You're at a con, and he's there. It is, he's so lovely. And then I walked away being like, oh my god, I don't think he knew at all what I was talking about. <laughs> and I seemed insane. But he was so nice Because Becky went deep and started telling him about, like, her surgery she had no, in it's 2011. Not that. I, I was referencing things from, like, over a decade ago that I thought he knew Maybe we had in common, uh, and um, uh, and now very I'm just awkward like moment. I just definitely seemed like one of those crazy people that come and talk to you about things that you don't know what. But he was so polite, and he and he's a really good actor because he made yeah. it seem like he's he a legend, knew, right? Uh, he is a legend. He is. Yeah. So, Jinx. Yes. Have you met ever had met a legend and had an an awkward encounter like like that like Becky has? I've had a couple myself. Because you're because you're very cool. I bet everybody who meets you is like. No, you know I have gone to a couple cons and met, you know, someone I met at one con. Actually, just kind of had it this time. Went to, I was at Fairfax and met somebody that's here now. Mm-hmm. And I said, and I told him, I'll see you in Baltimore. And so now I just told him, I saw you at Fairfax. You know, I saw you at the, the other con, and he's just like, well, what, what, do, what, what, what school did I see you at? And I'm like, uh, so you're a teacher? I'm like, no. <laughs> and, and he's just like, and I said, no. I Wait. said it was a con, and he's like, which one? And I'm like, oh, this is getting really embarrassing. I, see, I feel like I need to go get back in line you do need and pay, to, I think you, pay for it something else yeah. to be like, I, I, I'm See, sorry. I really want to get this from my mom. Mom would love it. Mom's from Puerto I'm Rico also. I'm going to get also. another one from my mom. Yeah. And just be like, and I also need to explain that I, who I was, what I was talking if about. If you need to people. do it now, I respect I'm it. like having anxiety about how it, weird it. I made do that. It. Do it. Okay. Um, Becky's going to, we'll continue. We'll continue. All right. So you came today. Yes. Dressed 
as Amanda Waller. As Amanda and I have teed you up with the question. There have been yes. a few different actors and, and versions of yes. Amanda Waller. Yes. There, there is the, in the, the James Gunn uh, Suicide Squad. Yes. I don't. We don't talk about the other Suicide Squad. <laughs> there's been the CW. There's animated versions. Is there one that speaks to you, or do you just love the character? I, I love the character. The anime, I would say this, the anime speaks to me because she just has no fucks. <laughs> None. And she's just like, okay, Anne. You now, now, some people, are. she's almost portrayed as a borderline villain. Do you see her as a villain or someone who is doing what is necessary to protect the world? Doing something that's necessary to protect the world. And she is not going to apologize for it. So... Like in at the end of um, the first Suicide Squad, where they do the uh, the edit the um, the extra extra credits, and she's having dinner with with Bruce Wayne, and she's like, "Yeah, you might want to work on your nighttime activities," <laughs> you know. And he's sitting there like, well, "You know about that?" She's like, "Duh," you know. And it, she said it as if to say, "Who doesn't know about it? You're so obvious." You know? <laughs> so. That part of like it. she can't be fooled. She's not. No one's putting anything past. Right. Her. I where, love that. Whereas, whereas Bruce thinks he's the master manipulator. He's got it, and she's like, no, dude. <laughs> All right. I love. I love everything about it. Okay. <laughs> Jinx, when you come to a comic con uh -huh. with Kenny, our man in black here. Yeah. The bodyguard. <laughs> Do you, like, is there a thing that is the thing you are excited for? Uh, or an artist that you came here to see this weekend? I think I came, I, I come for the atmosphere. I come to look at the collectibles, oh. you know, because it's like, okay, do, I, 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 I just started my um, action, wrestling action figure collections. Oh. I got forced, well, I kind of got forced into it. So now I, I come. I, I have a wrestling action figure collection. Yeah, too. I have. I just started. My nephew, who is 11, he has over 100 figures. Yes. So. And yeah. So tell me, like, so me last year at this Comic Con, uh -huh. I went over to Wild Wilsons, who are here, really nice people. We had a couple of people from their store come and do some of the show with us. Wild Wilsons, they. I, they had like a bucket of the old rubber ones, oh. and I it's I spent an embarrassing amount of money filling out my collection. But I've also bought a bunch online now. I don't need mine to be in mint condition. Like the faces still have to be on because those rubber ones are made to be, like Smashed you could you can you they can protect your house with one of those. You can knock someone out with one of those rubber ones. So I love the old rubber ones, and then the other ones that I collected, and I have every single one, again, uh -oh. don't, I'm glad my wife doesn't see that part of the credit card, because yeah. um, I had to collect them on eBay, was the Masters of the Universe crossover series, uh -huh. where they reimagined, like, Triple H as, like, the skull king, like, and so he had, like, a big skull helmet and, like, Skeletor armor, and then Stephanie McMahon as, as Evil Lynn as, like, his, you know, uh -huh. and then they had, um, uh, 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 Becky Lynch as Tila and the w Ultimate Warrior as He-Man. It was really cool. They made it in the retro He-Man character, uh, and I and I play with my nephew too. So yeah, so not by myself, <laughs> with my nephew. Now we made matches. Now, if if I tell my brother, that means 
you know, now I'm going to spend the rest of my days trying to find the whole collection for him. Okay. So now I can't tell him. Is well, I'm gonna tell him, but then he's now he's gonna go like, well, you told me, so that means you're gonna go help me get them. So that's that's where me and my brother are as far as his collection goes. Because I, when I was at Fairfax, someone st someone bought the the um, what's that at Fairfax? Um, Ric Flair. Oh, they which which Ric version? Flair. It was. Um, a Funko Ric Flair. Oh, a Funko Ric Flair. With the, with the robe and everything. Oh, wow. I, I FaceTimed my brother and said, what do you think? You know, it would, you know, you want it? And he was like, I don't know. And I said, well, there's another Ric Flair here. I said, you want that one? He was like, uh, let me think about it. I said, okay, I'm going to go over here and look around and you call me back and let me know. Did he say both? No. Okay. And I finally talked to him and I said, which one you, you know, which one you want? Wait, you got to see behind us for a second. We got a macho man. Uh-oh. We've got a macho man. We got a macho man. We got a macho man. Amazing. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah, he, um, by the time I got back, it was gone. Oh, that's so, that's the thing. You got to, like I, like, I get very stressed when I walk around, and I'm like, oh. And, and when you're exhibiting, it's hard, because you, you can't circle yeah, like, back in a couple of minutes. Yeah. Like, we got to... I mean, I'm I'm pretty sure no one's gonna rob us, but you know, you you don't want to get you don't you, you don't want to get robbed. Yeah. Um, all right, Jinx. I've asked this. You're actually the second person I've asked this type of question about today. Because uh -oh. you're a wrestling fan. I am a fan. Okay. If you were to make a wrestling biography. Uh, okay. Like a movie, a biopic, right? Like I just heard they're making a one about the Texas Tornadoes family, about Kerry Von Erich's family. Whose biography movie would you want to see? Ooh, that's, that's, uh, that, ooh. That is hard because. So many of these guys are terrible in real life or? Well, some of them are just absolute jerks in real life, but that's not to say they're not good characters. Right, right, right. They make them like they make movies about a lot of terrible people that make great characters and that you want to follow. Yeah. Like I, I actually would like to see a warts and all, Vince biopic. Yeah. Because, that, because, like, tell it all. Like, make it, you know, bring an Oliver Stone to do it. Whatever. You know what I mean? Like. Oh, it, um, Oliver Stone. Or Lynch. Or, or no, not Lynch. Fincher. Sorry. Yeah. Bring in someone like that and make it gritty with the warts and all because that's a very interesting story of like but but now where would the, okay but here's the thing where would it be in their career would it be at the end how they got to this point well now that you're saying it I'm thinking now limited series prestige series for HBO so that we get the the rise and the fall so they can uh. drop us some seeds of the of the flaws early on and the takeover and the ambition and then like that Scarface ending that we're in right now. Then you know who I would probably like to see if you're gonna do something like that would be Daniel Bryanson. Daniel Bryan or Brian Danielson, whatever he is yeah. right now. Indeed, I'd like to see. Um, that's a heroic story. Yeah, that's more heroic story. But I like him because he started off and, you know, he was an indie guy, and everybody's like, you're too small, you're, you're never going to make it to the big leagues, and blah, blah, blah. And he did. Could, and he got over, like, crazy. And, and that's the thing that I think... 
first of all, wrestling is not fake. It's planned, which is different. It uh, um, it's different. Um, and but what's not planned, and sometimes they try to make it happen, but what's not planned is getting over. No, and, and that is the part that's so exciting. And, and but that's also the part that I think tripped Vince McMahon up, because people who he thought in his mind were just gonna get over, and they didn't, and he kept forcing them down oh, yeah. throats. And the more he forced, the more people were like, uh, "We're not no." Yeah. No, the audience isn't dumb. It's a very smart audience. Very smart audience. So I think that was one of the things that people were so, which which brought us NXT, not NXT, but which brought us AEW. Because people were so sick of, we don't want this person, Vince. Right. And the re even the wrestlers were like, let us be creative. Let us do. And that's when you get the Bray Wyatt's. That's when you get the Seth Rollins. Right. When those guys are allowed to do their thing, the smart ones. Right. There are some very smart ones. And there are some very dumb ones. Yes. Who, they have to be part of a stable. Right. Like they need. <laughs> they need to be part of a stable because they suck alone. <laughs> you know, because there's a difference between the Alpha Academy and um, swerving, swerving their glory versus the new one with um, Dom Dick Mysterio, oh. Ripley. That faction, I'm still kind of like, you're, you're, I don't you're, know if I'm invested. No. I really love the factions in AEW. Yeah. I love whatever Jericho's up to, I love. Whatever crazy um, faction he has put together is great. It's just like, I'm here for it. I don't care. Yeah. I want to hear the I want to hear the audience. Because think about it. The audience sings you your song. Right. That's the definition of, like, you can't. Plan you that. You can't plan it. And, you can't get over on and, that. And that's the part where it is actual real competition, right? Like, that experience is just wild. Well, and that goes back to DMD. Right. Britt Baker, DMD. Yeah, you can't fake that. And I don't think her... I don't think she could do the same thing she does in AEW, in WWE. I don't think. No, 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 no. Not, not because there's so much more. I do wish AEW would expand the room that it's giving, and invest more in the women's wrestling because yeah. I think the the great ones they have are great, and I think they should really like. I don't. I love all. I I, I like what they're doing, but sometimes I feel like I'm seeing extra guys that it kind of looks the same when I would like to see some of these characters. I'd like to see more Red Velvet. I'd like to oh. see, um, uh, I'd like to see, you know. Uh, uh, Jay Cargill is my new favorite. Jay Cargill is. See, her her she, body is like, um, she's like an Amazon. Oh yeah, and, and, and again, that's another example of someone who people were like, well, we're not sure, she's just strong. And now she's so over, she's learned the business. It's really cool. Well, look, Jinx, Yes. it has been a pleasure to have you. Thank you. And Kenny here at the show. Um, welcome to the Friday Night Movie family and ah. have a great con. Have a great con. You too. done a tarot reading in a long time. How does that's, it work? You have to walk me through I, That's totally fine. I have, I have a spiel. Okay. So. Wait, so first of all, who are you and where? Who am I with right now? I don't even know who you are. Hi, I'm Fairy Warrior. I'm an artist based out in New Jersey. And I 
work as a uh, as an art teacher, but I also do art on the side. That's amazing. Okay, so here we are with Fairy Fairy Warrior. Fairy Warrior doing my tarot reading, which I'm very excited about. All right. Alrighty, so first tarot reading is not fortune telling, so it doesn't tell you your future. Instead, it's all about clarification and introspection on your question. Your question can be as simple as, how is today going to go, or does the universe have a message for me? Or if there's an actual issue or problem that you see coming down the line and you need help figuring out what are your different options, that can be your question too. You don't need to tell me what your question is if you're not comfortable with that. As long as you have a question in mind, that's all that matters. Okay, when do I start thinking of the question and and ask it? Well, first you gotta come up with the question before we can do anything else. Okay, I want I want to share my question with you. I just have to think of something that maybe that I'm that I'm struggling because there's like you know the more mundane things like when will my children start sleeping in their own bed and stop crawling into my bed every night and keeping me awake and how do I deal with that? Never. Never. Oh, oh, great. Okay, the cards have spoken. Never. That's amazing. Um, and then there's kind of like the 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 bigger questions, um, you know, where uh, I'm, you know maybe like the the bigger life questions of. How do I? How do I know? I you know, am I making? Are the decisions I'm making for myself right now are those the right choices for my family? That's you know, am I being selfish yeah. or am I like, or am I making choices that are going to be good for my whole family? I feel like that's my bigger life question right now. Okay, we can do that. Alrighty. So, magic is all about intention. So while I shuffle the deck, you need to think about that card or that question. When you think the cards are shuffled enough, you'll tell me to stop. Okay. Okay. You're going to take the deck and you're going to split it into three piles. And it's okay if they're not the same size. Okay. You want me to hold this? Yeah. All right. Now you're going to put them back into one pile in any order that you like. Oh, okay. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to overthink it. So whatever you feel is best. Okay. Whatever's natural. Okay. Just went with my instinct. All righty. And I got one more important question for you. Do you want this? or this to be the front. This determines whether it's upright or ripper. So it's a very important question. <laughs> Again, just going with my gut, not overthinking. Alrighty. So depending on your question determines the amount of cards you should pull. If it's a simple question, you just pull one. If it's a little bit more complex, two to five is the normal amount. When you pull a card, you just pull it out like that, and there's no need to flip it over because sometimes people flip the wrong way and reverse the meanings. So I choose how many cards? Yep, it's up to you. Whatever cards feel right. And I just, I just go like that. Yep. One here. Ooh, those were close. I wasn't, okay. I can pick from anywhere in the anywhere, deck? Anywhere, anywhere. It's up to you. Your question, your answers. I feel like it was a com it was like a it was yeah, a deep as complicated yeah. question. Is three okay? Yeah, should, it's totally fine. Okay. If you think should that's enough, that's up to you. I'm gonna do one more, because that was a deep, like big life question. And I feel like we're gonna need a lot of 
support answering this one. Alrighty, so while I was shuffling, this card fell out. That's called a leaping card. That basically means that the universe has a very important message for you, so I just had to jump out of the deck and tell you. Oh, this is exciting. So, what you got was Ten of Pentacles, and this is all about your legacy that you're gonna leave behind. So where are people going to remember you for? <laughs> I'm, I'm a, I actually might start crying. <laughs> I've been told I'm very scarily accurate by everyone, <laughs> so. Alrighty, the first card, it's reverse six of wands. So the regular six of wands is all about victory over some type of conflict. So reverse six of wands. Instead of victory, you might have lost. But that does not always mean that you're in the wrong. So it's all about what were you fighting for and is there a different way that you can go about getting an end result that you like. Next is judgment. This is part of the major arcana and it's near the end of the journey of life. And this is basically when all of the actions that you have done, are they, they get judged. Did you do good? Did you do bad? All right, next is the magician. This is also part of the major arcana and the magician represents that we all have ideas inside of us. And the magician brings those ideas and manifests them into real life. Last but not least, we have the Hierophant. This is also part of the Major Arcana. And this is all about tradition and what you believe in. Okay. <laughs> I'm, getting, I'm getting very overwhelmed. I would also like to mention that whenever you do a reading and you notice that there's a lot of Major Arcana cards, that usually represents that there's going to be a lot of change coming soon. Change is neither good or bad. It's just how you interpret the change. Okay, is, and this is it. This is the complete. This is okay. I this is. I'm actually gonna pause the recording because now I, I need to like bring this conversation offline. <laughs> it's gonna get real. Um, this this is incredible. This was an incredible experience with Fairy Warrior. Um, where where can we and where can, can where can we follow you? Um, I exist on many places on the internet. Um, I'm most active on DeviantArt, but I also have a Twitter, Instagram. My online shop is on Kofi. I also have a Patreon where you get a lot of exclusive stuff um, I also have a Facebook page and it's all at fairy yeah. warrior okay. uh, Instagram is at fairy underscore Hime because fairy warrior was already taken but everywhere else I'm fairy warrior All right, here we are at the Friday Night Movie podcast table at Baltimore Comic-Con. We have with us, he's a gentleman and a scholar, the great Richard Fontaine. Welcome to the show. It's great to be here. Thank you very much for having all of us. But most important, we have with you, you are your striking and intelligent offspring. Young men, introduce yourselves. I'm Joseph Fontaine. I'm Andrew. You, well, welcome to the show. Now, we're a podcasting family. We are siblings who podcast. And yeah. we have oh. differences of opinions and get... Many, many differences. We get worked up. The difference being that I have better opinions For, than my brother. <laughs> That's obvious. That's the difference. So do you all ever have a difference of opinion on, on a movie or a TV show or a superhero character? Um, yes. Yeah. All right. What is one that comes to mind? Like, did you both, did you both, you know, like, are you both, let's say, fans of, like, the recent Batman? Were you allowed to see the recent Batman? Okay. 
Did you like Battinson? That was um, an amazing movie. Okay. I just I thought it was just so like well crafted. It's just such a great movie. Andrew, what'd you think? I didn't think it was the best. It was it was a, it was a bit of a downer. Yeah. Okay. I I loved it, but I agree that it is. It is not your cheery bat. I haven't made a cheery Batman movie since I think the 1960s. I'm with Andrew on this one, just for the record. Oh yeah, you th- you thought it was a, a little bit of a downer. You didn't yeah, like emo Batman story, and you know didn't take any real creative risks and things like that. So the anyway, ca- the car was so cool. Yeah, I mean, yeah, <laughs> but, but when the ca- when an automobile is the highlight of a movie, then you're probably <laughs> not in the most compelling film you've ever watched. I mean, in my that's a good that's a good argument I will say that's that's that is strong ground to stand on. but but Joseph says it was well crafted and and what what did you think what what are some of the things that stand out to you about what makes it well crafted I like how I, I, I thought we needed a very like dark and gritty Batman I think that it did it pretty well and what what was a scene that stood out to you that exemplified the grittiness I think the opening scene where we like first see him like coming from the shadows after he's like about to beat up all the goons and then they just like get horrified. It's just a great like showcase of how dark that he can be. That that I fight think, is great. Yeah. Very good example. Okay, so now we're gonna segue into warmed up with a little Batman. But you're gonna break news on this show because you're gonna be the first people ever to review Black Adam on this show. Alright. I will I will just say I am the only one in my family who remotely wants to see it. Wow. Don't so, see it. so convince me. Or Reinforce what I already believe, which is that it's not worth saying. So, so who wants to start? Uh, so, I think Black Adam is like, it's not like the craziest movie you're ever gonna see, but it's a very like middle of the road, like good, just like fun movie to watch. Okay. Um, my mom actually thought it was like really good. Um, I think it was saved by the final act mostly. Uh, okay, cool. Don't don't. No spoilers. I won't, I won't spoil no spoilers. Okay. But I think it just kind of dragged in the middle. Okay. Okay. Fair. All enough. right, Andrew, what's your take? I didn't want to see it. <laughs> <laughs> That's literally my kids' answer about that movie, and many movies I make them watch. Except it was pretty good. Okay, oh, it's pretty good. Okay, didn't want to see it, but it was pretty good. And can I ask, how, what's the age difference between you two? How many years apart are you? Four. Four years. Oh, we're apart. five years oh, apart. Five, so it's we're closer five. to us. Andrew, was it mom who convinced you to go, or Joseph? I convinced mom to go, and then she convinced oh, me to go. A chain okay. reaction. Okay. <laughs> but mom liked it the most. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. okay. All right. That's 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 cool. Then mom should say, I hope she said thanks. <laughs> I hope you said thanks for her paying, unless Don't you worry. paid. I did not pay. Okay. <laughs> she, she, um, nice. <laughs> Sorry, did I say Good movie. Oh, okay, Richard, you're clearly raised... Two intelligent young men here. These are two fourths of the fun. I mean, I'm wondering. I've met your other children who are also pretty awesome. Is Joseph in film school? Because he's talking about how something is crafted. He's talking in act structures. I don't think I had this language till I was 20. Joseph really does have an eye and an ear for film and will come out of these films seeing things and detecting things that the rest of us were like, yeah, it was good. <laughs> and like that's the entirety of our analysis. Oh, and I, Joseph will say, "Well, the narrative arc at this portion, and I think, yeah, this fall, and then there was this predictable plot point that came in two thirds of the way through, things like that." And I'm like, "Who? What character was that?" So, so, so you've built a family, a wonderful family, 
And clearly seeing movies is a thing that you all do. You were talking earlier about the best superhero movie you've seen as a family in our pre-conversation. As, as the patriarch, what are some of the best movies you've seen as a family? Because I remember, we remember Friday Night Movies' origin is yeah. rooted in that. We remember great movie like, I'm always going to have a soft spot for Dragonheart because that was the first Friday Night movie we ever saw. And and Cheaper by the Dozen is another big one because our mom laughs going so hard. Away. Like the, the Steve Martin Cheaper yeah, by the Dozen. Going back away. That's a big one for yeah. us. Um, I don't know what the boys would say, but my two nominees would be Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Oh. was unlike oh, anything yeah. I had ever seen before and anything I've seen since. And we saw that. And also when we went to see it, um, because it was animated, I was not expecting that. And it was just amazing. Mm-hmm. And then the other one, Thor Ragnarok, I thought was really good. And especially, I hope this isn't a spoiler, but the use of a Led Zeppelin song at the very end. Oh, oh no, it's um, amazing. You know, so I, I, I thought that that, and that, of course, now is my, uh, since then, has been my ringtone. That's uh, good. So, uh, it's good. So little known fact, my ringtone comes from Thor Ragnarok. There you um, go. <laughs> uh, Led Zeppelin by way of Thor Ragnarok. <laughs> so I thought that was great, but I don't know what the boys would say. What would you say are some of your best superhero family movie experiences? So, like, Black Adam wouldn't work because it seems not everybody was there. Yeah, subset of the family. I don't know. We've seen so many movies and so many superhero shows, and they're all very good. It's a hard decision. Andrew, do you have any ideas? You like Spider-Verse, right, Joe? I did like Spider-Verse. I like the, um... See, wait, Iron ask Man Joseph. Oh yeah. oh, yeah, go ahead. Iron. I liked the Iron Man movies. Oh, okay. the Iron Man Iron movies? Man. Like, and, and of, like, the three original ones or just any one in which Iron Man shows up? Because they really used him a lot. <laughs> which one do you like? I like the first one. Yeah, that's a great, that's a great, that started the whole thing. MCU. That, the MCU owes a lot to that, to that movie. Mm-hmm. Good, so why did you like Spider-Verse? Why did I like Spider-Verse? Um... It was like, I remember waking you up from your nap because I wanted to see it in the theater so bad. Oh my God, that is and then, that is a risky proposal for a dad. And then he was just like, fine, I'll take it. And then we both loved it insanely. We, we loved that movie so much that we, Lily and I saw it together at the Courthouse AMC. Becky had seen it in California where she used to live that we pulled our phone out and recorded an episode of Friday Night Movie on a park bench wow. to do our reaction. Wow. That's how much I, we love that. talk about a risky move? It was my birthday, and my husband says, I've planned a very special night for you. <laughs> and he takes me to this beautiful dinner where we have just gorgeous, it's so good. I go, what are we doing next? He goes, I'm taking you to the movies. And I go, oh, okay, movies. And we go to the movies, and I'm like, well, what are we seeing? He goes, we're seeing the new animated Spider-Man movie. And I was like, <laughs> do you want me to divorce you? This is not a birthday present. <laughs> I was, I was, I was losing. And that movie starts, and I just remember from the first frame, from the first scene, I was like, this is going to be the best. Uh-huh. <laughs> I remember feeling sad while watching it, that it was going to be over. And then the experience of seeing it for the first time, I would never get to have again. 
Yeah, Peter B. Parker. I mean, everyone in that movie is great, but Peter B. Parker, like that is I've a seen, that is a guy that I can look up to. There's several hobo Spider-Man walking yeah. around here today. That's, I mean, that's the perfect dad Spider-Man. Wear your sweatpants <laughs> and and featuring Peter Parker, the Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah. which is of course you know was, and, was a, a cameo that I just thought yeah. was the best. And and Nicolas Cage as the noir <laughs> Spider-Man is amazing. Amazing. Yeah, right? It's great. I I I actually got to go to the premiere of not that no no it's a Nicolas Cage story a pr- the premiere of the unbearable weight of massive talent at South by Southwest where Nicolas Cage was there and it was and Pedro Pasquale by the way the Mandalorian happened to be there it's just not you know he's a si- secondary character in the movie but it was like going to a rock concert like that guy acts like like Axl Rose or Mick Jagger when he is in front of a movie audience. So when he did the Q and A, it was it was off the wall. It was it was incredible. Now, question for you: Spider Verse Two is coming. Mm-hmm. All right. We play a game on the show called Pitch Imperfect, where you got to pitch something. It doesn't have to be perfect. That's why it's imperfect. What do you gentlemen each want to see in Spider Verse Two? You want to see Kingpin? Kingpin. All right. You want to see him back? You want to see his arc continue? I want to see different villains from the different Spider-Verses that each of the new Spider-Man came from. All right. Who's a villain on your list? Um, I know, uh, like, forget what villain's going to be in it. That was already revealed. But, um, I don't know. I want to see, like, in the first movie, we got cameos from, like, other villains that were, like, Green, like the Green Goblin. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's right. So we saw like slightly sort of see them. Yeah, I want to see probably more of them, but I also want to see different versions of them. Oh, oh I cool. like that. The same way we have different versions of Spider-Man. And there's different, and there's Doc oh. Ock as like yeah. his daughter, or his. I don't know if it's his daughter actually, but there is the female Doc Ock. Yeah. And very cool. I love that I like idea. That idea. Great. All right, all right, Andrew, you want to see Kingpin? Anything else you want to see in Spider-Verse 2? A different Kingpin. Oh, a different Kingpin. That's cool. I like that. Maybe we'll get the Kingpin that was in Hawkeye with the Hawaiian shirt. Oh, yeah. That's sort of like, you know, Hawkeye Island Korea. Kingpin. All right, Richard, how about you? Spider-Verse 2, what is on your mind for Spider-Verse 2? trying to di- figure out the difference between the Spider-Verse, the Metaverse, and the Multiverse. So that's kind of, okay. where, that's kind of where I draw the line. I'm, I'm so I'm after don't that, buy any as, Spider-Man NFTs. As long as we don't spill the popcorn, I'm pretty much okay. okay. With it. So I'm going in without huge expectations or, uh, or requirements. But uh, yeah. So. Our- Oh, go ahead. Well, the other thing I was going to say, and I don't know if this counts uh, because it's not a superhero movie, but these, this is a Friday Night Movie podcast, but not that oh. long ago we did see Top Gun. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, and I, uh, so any and, movie and, is game on our podcast. We just happened to be at a Comic-Con. A and the, I have to say, the boys were unconvinced before the movie that this was going to be good. I had to talk them into it a little bit, um, and so the shoe was kind of on the other foot for that one. But I think they came out of it... Um, you know, excited. In Friday Night Movie Parlance, the highest award one can receive is called the I Told You Show. And that is when you are reticent to see something, someone convinces you, and you end up loving it. You then have to award them an I Told You Show and and then call them a genius on the air of the podcast. <coughs> so, <coughs> so do you owe something to your father? Yes. <laughs> Go on. I think I do. You're a genius. Oh, really? Oh. Andrew, what never, do you think? Never heard that before. 
hurt you are. He didn't convince me. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, let Joseph walk out on that one. So, that's a, so we, I've saw it three times in the theater. Went to see it with my wife on a Thursday night and some friends. Loved it so much, I was in my kid's room before they woke up, and I say, kids, our Friday night movie tonight, we are taking to a movie, you will always remember you saw this in the theater. We took them, and then the following week, went with Becky. Mm -hmm. Nice. And Allie, I'll catch my wife just watching it at home. Really? Mostly because yep. she likes that football scene. She yeah. she wants to yeah, see Miles yeah, Teller yeah, do that yeah, yeah. <laughs> that move during the One Republic song. She, she... I just think it's like the, the Rocky Four of this generation. Oh, you know, it's, okay. It's like a wonderful um, America patriotic kind of propaganda mm -hmm. uh, soft power tool. So you as a it, State it, Department ex-employee, particularly in communications, so probably have a view on that. I, I have a view. I have a view. I'll just riff and say it is much less rah-rah America than the original one. It's toned down, I think, because in the original one in the Cold War, there's an ideological difference. Right. In this one, it is an unnamed enemy who's probably Iran, but like in North Korea or something. Like, right? Like it's some sort of mashup. And I think they made it much more about the coming together of the team and, and the journey there. And it's a showcase for American ingenuity and that American pilots can out. I've watched a lot of YouTube videos on whether or not an F-14 could do anything against a, a fifth generation fighter. So just the, the fact, so there are things in there that are obviously American propaganda, but I think it it is, it's much more about this growth arc and and this team thing and the father-son dynamic and friends the whole Iceman thing actually as a as a former government employee the idea that there is someone in the bureaucracy that keeps protecting you from your screw-ups I have seen a lot of people survive in bureaucracy with someone like Iceman looking after I mean, them so. and they go to Mach 10 yeah right and they, and they go to Mach 10 <laughs> no one knows nobody watching that movie knows what a Mach is but we go to Mach 10 and it feels so good see my takeaway was a little bit simpler. It was basically like, even if you don't know who the enemy is, even if the enemy doesn't have a speakable name, the U.S. Navy will come in and kick your... <laughs> and that's that was great, pretty much a, it. That's a great message. <laughs> I like it. Joseph, Joseph, what do you think? What's your take? I love your, I love your analysis. So I think it's... It was a really good like sequel to the first movie, but also even if you haven't seen the first movie or you know nothing about Top Gun, you can go in blind and you'll still love it. Yeah, we yeah. had not shown our yeah. kids the first. I think it's a much better movie. I think it's like a significantly better movie. Um, you know what? Tom Cruise much more involved in the story. You know, the first one he's just an actor. This time, he right. is making that movie. I'm just real G's. Yeah, guy, real F60s. That, that like everyone will makes, vomit who's in this movie. That guy makes good action movies. Mm -hmm. Andrew, what was your favorite part of Top Gun Maverick? We, we want to end on a positive note. Um, probably when like. The helicopter blew up. Oh, that, that oh, like moment that's of excitement. Great. That's a great that's a great moment of excitement. That was because I was I was sitting there, I was very worried. Falling behind enemy lines is is a terrifying thing to have happen. Well, we have been so lucky to have the traveling Fontaines here with us at Baltimore Comic Con. And uh, thank you so much for joining the Friday Night Movie family. And uh, we hope you have a great con.
All right, here we are, day two of Baltimore Comic-Con. We have a returning champion. Hi, everybody. El Securidor is back and sporting his lovely Friday night movie hat. I wear it we, every day. We love seeing people bring the stuff back. <laughs> First of all, welcome back to being here. Where it's great having you in the family. You have been, if I recall, you have been to the most Baltimore Comic Cons, or I all have, of them? I haven't been to all of them. I've been to, I've been to quite a lot. Um, I mean, yeah, I obviously skipped the pandemic, but yeah, I've been going consistently since at least 2015. Okay, so you've hit, you've hit a lot of these. You've seen a lot. Yeah. And the other thing that I've learned about you in our pre-conversation is that you, like me, love the world of professional wrestling. I, I do. Indeed. And I am here unsupervised right now without my <laughs> sisters. So we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit about wrestling and movies because, yep. as El Securidor informed me, there is going to be a movie from A24 coming out called The Iron Claw, starring Zac Efron, a big favorite of my family. Yes, and also a... He's, Zac Efron is one of those actors, he is too good-looking to be as good an actor that, as he is. That is 100% how I feel about him, but yeah. I'm all... I, and I love all the weird, gritty stuff he's done oh, and, yeah. the, and the darker comedy that he's done. You play Jeffrey Dahmer. Yeah, I haven't and seen that. The uh, pictures? No, Ted Bundy. Oh, Ted Bundy. It's, it's hard. Everyone's doing a yeah, serial but, killer movie these yeah, days. Bundy, Zomber, yeah, Bundy, Zomber, what's the difference? They're all, yeah. He's, <laughs> and, and my kids, like, love him. He is there. Yeah. I don't know if they're, like, old enough to have a heartthrob, but because of high school musical, right. they, like, love this kid. So he's done these great... So he's going to play... Um, Keith, Keith Von, Kevin, Kevin Von Erich, Kevin Von Erich, Kevin. Kevin Von Erich from the famed Von Erich uh, wrestling family, which Lily, my sister, I made her watch the documentary about them on Vice, yes. uh, on the Dark Side of the Ring, which is like a harrowing story, oh but God, it, yes, but it's it's also really exciting because these 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 were upstarts. They challenged the big fish. Oh, yeah. They you know, and a very tragic story. Um, but but I think we'll make a a, a very cool movie, especially yeah. with A twenty four doing the indie thing. Right. Now if you could pick another wrestler or wrestling family to have a film as such, like like a gritty indie kind of thing done of them, which story do you think you would love to be told because you don't just watch the show. You know a lot of the background yeah, and the history. Point, and I do see a lot the, of it. I follow like the, I, I follow the, the current product, but I like the commentary on the product almost as much. A family. Oh yeah, the commentary on the product, the business part. I love. Yes. I, I I listen to tons of podcasts and things and 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 miss the shows often just to hear like what's going on, why they didn't make those decisions. It's yeah. fascinating business. I think if you're going to follow a wrestling family, the Vashon family. The Vashon fan. Yeah. Wow. Mad okay. Dog and because I mean you get you get Mad Dog who was just insane. Uh, if you have you haven't seen the Tales from the Territory on Vice, uh, that's new, right? Is that yeah, new? It just started up. That looks really cool. See, the one on the AWA in particular has a great Mad Dog Vashon story. That's great. But I mean, because the it was Mad Dog, there was he had a brother who wrestled. I forget. It was another Vashon. Were they Canadian? The Vashons? Yeah, 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 of course. French, uh, French, French Canadians. French Canadians. I grew up in Montreal, so that's oh, yeah. I, then, yeah, I would were, love to see that. I mean, they yeah they they mix it up with Dino Bravo, and um, but because aside from aside from um, Mad Dog, his sister was a wrestler. Um, I forget now what her name was, but she was a wrestler, and her his adopted daughter or adopted niece, Luna Vachon. Wow. Oh. She, she, I mean, that whole story. Ve I mean, very cool. Now, someone, uh, talk about somebody. Her and Sherry Martell 
were literally a generation ahead of their time. Wow, that's wild. Yeah. Okay, uh, also French Canadian, or yes. yeah, Martel's French Canadian, right? Uh, yes, Sherry yeah. Martel was. Um, Luna wasn't, but. Anyway, I love, I love, you know, having grown up in Montreal, my affection for like yeah. French, the French Canadian love of wrestlers yeah. is just absolutely. Um, well, that's a crossover, I guess, the crossover for hockey as well. I mean, wrestling and hockey are like the two, <laughs> the two big things in, in Montreal. Yeah, absolutely. With all respect to the Expos. Yeah. <laughs> oh, rest in peace. We love the Expos. Yeah, well, yeah. We love the Expos. That's right. They, they ended up. They ended up in Washington, didn't they? They anyway, did. Yeah. I'd love a. I'd love a, a movie about the Expos from that like Bill Lee Spaceman era, <laughs> that like totally like wacky version. You know. Right. It, I guess, but it would have to be a different kind of sports movie because they didn't really ever win anything. They always came close. Yeah. They kind of, you know, but that 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 would that would be great. Okay, so all right, the Vachon family. I love I love the idea of that. And if there was a match you could see recreated on film, so so redone cinematically, Ooh. is there a match from your lifetime that you that you saw that you remember that if it got like the Rocky treatment, you would love to see again? I gotta say, Flair Steamboat. Flair Steamboat. I mean, the one that you got to go to. Yes. Well, that was see. That's just it. That was like the culmination. I mean, Flair and Steamboat. They, they're legendary for matches for a match they had in the late 80s and early 90s. They had a bunch of matches in WCW and I think in WWF as well. Um, but they were going at it since the late 70s in like the mid-Atlantic around the D.C., Virginia area. And that commutated forward into the early days of the expansion of the NWA to try to compete. So, like, to recreate the drama right. in one of in one of those would be right. those would be big. I okay, mean, they, were, they were both. I mean, they were both phenomenal. I mean, Steamboat, the classic, you know, as they call it, a, a white bread white bread babyface. Flair, of course, is Ric Flair. I mean, talk about somebody. I think it, he hasn't had as wide an impact, say, as Hulk Hogan. On pop culture of our, of especially of, of, of pop our culture outside of wrestling, but, but within wrestling, he has. There are so many, so much of what, what Flair did, especially in the hip hop community, and the attitude and the whole, you know, you know, limousine riding, you know, that that sort of, you know, kiss stealing, scene stealing, you know, wheeler dealer. His persona very much was adopted by a lot of hip hop guys because a lot of hip wow, I've never heard that. That's think, fascinating. Think about some of the the way some of the hip hop guys, especially again, especially from the South, because when they grew up, they weren't watching WWF. They were watching Jim Crockett Promotions and Georgia Championship yeah, Wrestling. That was oh, all, very cool. Flair was all over that. So, um, so Hell, last, a Ric Flair movie. That would be very cool. Okay, so last but not least. Because I know you love the wrestling business, and I want the opportunity to ask you about the wrestling business. <laughs> if you were starting your new promotion today, mm. okay, but all time, okay, all right. time. I got a t I got my TARDIS going. Who are your five first recruits to kick off your promotion? Buddy Rogers. Okay, cool. Oh, okay. Yeah. I wouldn't go with George, Gorgeous George because Gorgeous George had issues. Buddy okay. Rogers... I would Buddy Rogers, and I would make sure he had nanobots to keep him healthy because he had a legit heart issue. <laughs> okay. All right, Buddy Rogers. Um, I would do The Rock. I would do The Rock because he was the culmination of 
you know, literal of, of, of two generations. Because Peter Maiva was his grandfather. Yeah, 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 yeah. Josh, of course, yeah, his yeah, yeah. His family. But I would, I would do The Rock because he gets the show between Rogers and The Rock. You get true athleticism, and you get showmanship. Yeah. I yeah, would, the big, I mean, right, the most electrifying man in sports exactly. for a reason. Um, I would get El Santo. I also love the way The Rock overcame. People don't know about, people don't think, know that he was once Rocky Mavia, unless oh, yeah. you're a wrestler, oh, God, yes. or, or Mavia, you know. Mavia. Mavia, sorry. That first character that, like, people hated. Yep. And and the way he evolved, I respect the guys who evolve their characters. See, that's, who, that's just it. They, they're I could never be I could never be a wrestler because I want the crowd to like me. I always have. I'm that kind of guy. Yeah. He was smart enough to say, okay, they don't like me as this. He didn't. Most people would try to fix the this. Right. He went with the okay. They don't like me. I'll give them. I'll give them a reason not right. to like. Right. I'll, I'll I'll make I'll give the heat more. And, and that. Because there's, there, I mean, I don't, I, I love baby faces. I'm, a, I'm a sucker for a face. Oh yeah. But the heels that are so good that they're basically a face, like they're untouchable. Yes. Is there? It's to me right now, uh, Ma, uh, Maxwell Jacob Friedman. Yes, MJ. I'm like there. MJF is that guy, the Roddy him, Piper type. Of guy. If they turn him face, that's a mistake. No, no, no. They, 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 they should never turn him face. But he is basically. He's like a face in the sense that like everybody loves oh, like yeah. the heat is 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 love heat. And it's he's, perfect. And he's and he's always in character. I mean, yeah. It, it, you 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 know you talk about in character, out of character, you know, and it, that's a, a real thing. But wrestlers keep that. A good wrestler keeps that close to the bone. All right. So all right, we got we got Buddy Rogers, The Rock. Um, for uh, we you, you got to bring in a good powerful face. I would do El Santo. Okay. Uh, All right. Cool. All yeah, right. You represent your deep knowledge. I gotta represent my, my you know I I love I got into the lucha you know through watching wrestling and of course Mil Mascaras. In fact, I work with somebody who met Mil Mascaras. That's amazing. And, and has seen him without his he was his, he was oh with his goodness. dad driving to the matches. He's like, oh, I gotta put my mask on. Anyway, um, all right. So that's the three. I would bring in. Ricky Dozan. Okay, wow. I mean, because Ricky Dozan is the the font from which all of Japanese wrestling comes from. Uh, and that's and as I've come deeper in it, the importance of Japanese wrestling. It's like the yes. It's like the I don't know. It's like the most advanced. It's like the finest wine, you know, or the right. the, the highest end scotch yes. of wrestling. Like if you if you if you're watching that and you understand it, which I, I admit I don't fully get it yet, but like that that is what, pretty incredible. Th- what 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 helped me understand? I mean, because I grew up on story, you know, Tiger Mask. I remember I remember seeing the Tiger Mask versus Saito match on the WWF TV, which was unbelievable for the time. It's still you watch that today. He does a full flying body press over the rope. 30 feet onto Saito on the concrete floor of the Allentown oh my Farm God. Hall. It's a it, it's a spot that today you're like, he better catch him. <laughs> um, but um, the understanding about Japanese wrestling, thing, and it, 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 especially in, with Ricky Dozen, was this is, of course, post-World post War II. They were exposed to wrestling thanks to the uh, you know, the occupying army because that you know, although baseball was in Japan from the 1800s that's something I didn't know oh wow wrestling really took hold there 
Post-World War II. Post-World War II, thank you. Post-World War II from the Americans, but Ricky Dozan and the various promoters saw it as a way to give the Japanese back pride because the way Ricky Dozan, I mean, all, like, the biggest heels in Japan were all gaijin. Uh, right. Funk, the Funk Brothers, uh, Dustin Rhodes, Hulk Hogan. Right, when he Andre went out. Andre the Giant was apparently, like, the only thing scarier than Andre the Giant in the ring was Godzilla. <laughs> and Ricky Dozan always booked himself to beat these foreigners and give Japan their pride back. And that's that strain of booking was put down to Giant Baba and uh, Antonio Inoki, who were oh, disciples. Yeah. They, they were wow. apprentices to Ricky Dozan. Of course, that, the irony that, being... This is, I love... See, people underestimate the impact that this... Oh, yeah. ...that this has had, and, or, and how it reflects sometimes the worst of society, sometimes right. better parts of society. Oh, yeah. All right, so who's your fifth? God, this is a tough one, because Ricky Dozan... Uh, uh, Don Morocco. Don Morocco. First, the, wow. The first heel I ever, I ever. I, I have I his rooted, rubber guy. Yeah, I never, I never rooted for, I never rooted for him, but he just, he was a, he, he was, he was a great heel, but he could back it up. That's um, I mean, he was he was a legit tough guy. That 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 is awesome. Well, El Securidor, it is so great to have you back. Same here. Thank you same so here. much being part of the family. I'm, I'm, and, I said I wear the hat every day. And, and have have a have a great rest of the con. Thank you. You too. are with Brayden and Sanaya and Daniel and and Daniel uh-huh. are you Daniel yes. and Daniel at Baltimore Comic Con and we have Brayden who is three years old Brayden who is your favorite superhero um, Superman and Hawk Superman and Hawk yep and what about you Sanaya who's your favorite superhero my favorite superhero is Spider-Girl Oh, She-Hulk. I love yeah. She-Hulk. I love my mommy and my dad, and I love Dario <laughs> and Juma. That's Juma is just yeah. grandma. And grandma. Oh, th- and that's a great list. I was doing bus flips all day long. That's a coffin. Oh, wow. I was yeah. doing bus flips all day long. That's me. I have one more question. If you could have any superpower, what would your superpower be? Yeah? And what about you? What would yours be? Mine would be spider webs. Yeah, spider webs. I that's a I have webs. And webs. And you're also gonna have webs. Thank you so much for coming on my podcast. So Alright. So Alright. Thank you and you're welcome. I love you. Thank you very much. I love you. Right here we are, Baltimore Comic Con. We have another returning champion. Today is the returning champion day. Yeah, it's a good day. We have with us Christian. Yes, hey. Welcome, how are you? I'm on the right side of the dirt. <laughs> so, that's a great answer. That's great better answer. than six feet under. That's a, <laughs> yeah. So, I see your shirt. 
I would love to start there. Because okay. you, you are always a great dressed podcast guest. Last year you had the killer Captain America outfit. Um, today you have on a Better Call Murdoch shirt, which is a mashup of both Better Call Saul and Matt Murdock, the Daredevil. And if you remember last year, I told you my two favorite shows, Better Call Saul and Daredevil. That's, That's right. amazing. That's right. So, I remember we had the whole Daredevil conversation. So did you did you create that shirt? No, no, no. This is uh, by the fine people of uh, Tee Public, I believe. Tee Public. They have some pretty good mashups and, and pop culture things. All right. So then the big question is, Daredevil and She-Hulk. Yeah, what'd no. you what did you think? Oh, it was so good. So oh, good. right. That's... I know a lot of people are of two minds on the She-Hulk show. I think you know, a lot of people just kind of like... The show is kind of critic-proof in a way. And there's like calling out kind of like people might not like the show for irrational reasons. So it's kind of hard to navigate. How much of that is like good? How much of that is like, well, that's just them kind of kind of guarding themselves. Things. But whatever the case, episode eight of that show... Is fantastic. Oh yeah, it's everything yeah. it should have been. They brought mm-hmm. him back and everything. It was just that, honestly, had the show kind of started there, I think it would have it would have been like probably possibly the best Disney Plus series ever. I mean, I think it is the best Marvel show by far. The chemistry between those two. My daughters resist superheroes. They like Thor, but they resisted of a lot of. Of course, the daughters <laughs> like Thor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, they're little, all right. Well, I mean, he has a well, now he has a kid. Now so he, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, the they, end. They I mean, reacted. they they wept. Thor Love and Thunder was like E.T. for them. Like, they were so moved Got by a really them. nice ending. Yeah, and I I That's sobbed. a beautiful movie. I and sobbed. having seen it again and kind of being ready for the weirdness of it, I, I loved it even more. Like, I liked it, and the more I thought about it, I liked it more. But now I've seen it again, it's one of my favorite Marvel movies. Now, I don't think it's... Here's the thing. I think with T.D., he's kind of... I think there's like a tone thing with Watiti, and I think <laughs> there's, there's definitely a tone. In terms of like, there's a balance of I think Ragnarok. I, when I saw Ragnarok, I kind of wish the balance was a little more 50-50, but I think it was a, it was struck a good balance of you have the drama of Ragnarok, end of days, and of course you have like you know the, the comedy at play, mm-hmm. which is great. So there's a good balance there. Now, I do think Watiti's getting a little cocky these days. Yeah, Thor: Love and Thunder was definitely Watiti unleashed. That's a thing. like we're gonna have like Russell Crowe with a Greek accent, mm-hmm. you know, dancing around and talking about orgies. Yeah. Like that was, and the screaming we have goats. like a sushi uh, god <laughs> of, of some kind. But yeah. but then the emotional stakes of that movie we're are so, so incredibly we're high. So high. <laughs> like so yeah. incredibly high. I mean, Gore the God Butcher was. That's the thing. It's 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 kind of frustrating in a sense of like you have Gore the God Butcher who's expertly played and he's wonderful and that's the perfect way to start that movie. And in a meta way, it's like he kills the comedy at the top of it. Like you have like oh, the God. Oh, because he kills Kaiko Atiti. Well, is, it, is Taiko Atiti the voice of that guy? Yeah, he's the voice. No, no, he's the voice of of, of Korg later on. Who, Korg, yeah. That was oh. more Zeus almost killing. Thank goodness he didn't. Uh-huh. But um, the. It's just kind of like it's almost like with kind of responding to his critics of the whole like oh I do too much comedy and then he basically he kills like the kind of the, the jokey god who's like looking down on being a real jerk. So I mean that's that to me that's is a great read. That's a that's great. A great that's read. a great interpretation of it. I haven't I didn't even think of it that way and and I agree with both of you that this is Watiti unleashed, you know, just doing. Which- which, by the way, in the world of comics, and this is why people have to lighten up in the movie, comic movie world, 
Sometimes they bring in a writer or an artist to do their thing for a few issues. I mean, look at the Guardians movies. Again, the first one is very much, again, I like the first one because I think that's kind of a perfect balance. If you have, it's it's characters we haven't seen before. It's it's a kind of in the Marvel zen of like, okay, we're definitely in the Marvel universe with a sect we haven't seen before, but there's the James Gunn unconventional heart that's in there. And I feel James Gunn being reined in is kind of him at his best, so long as he's still allowed to kind of get like, you know, squeeze the heart out of there but then again guardians 2 while great you do have james gunn going full tilt there and you do have like some gags like well i think some guys just james gunn is kind of feeling his oats a little bit <laughs> still a great movie though you know, it's still, uh, such I mean, a great review look at yondu and everything it's great um but i i i i personally loved thor 11 thunder yeah. i loved how weird it was i sobbed at the ending i was deeply moved by it and, and I appreciated how strange some of the bits were and some of the, like, I loved the insanity of the goats and various Yeah, I think everyone likes the goats yeah. overall, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the fact that the goats were still in it, that was so fun. Okay, so back to Daredevil and She-Hulk. Yes, yes. Yeah. To me, so my kids who have overall resisted superheroes, they were like, we love Daredevil and She-Hulk. Can all of the Marvel Universe just be this? Fun fact. I double-checked this. I always thought this, but I never I never really thought it until the show happened because I was like, oh, man, because we've had Daredevil and, and we've had Matt Murdock and, and Jennifer Walters, you know, kind of square off in court before, and they've interacted sparingly, but they, like Charles Soule, for example, it's, it's, assumedly season two of She-Hulk should have come back. Like, they joke that it's going to come back. I hope that's true. Like, we're going to have a Hulk movie and we're going to have the, the She-Hulk season two. Assuming we do, they're going to lean more into Charles Soule with her presumably starting her own law firm with the money she got from that uh, you know, legal case. Oh. That's assuming because she got fired. Right. Mm-hmm. So, but then again, a lot of stuff happened. We were kind of broke in the fourth wall, so it's kind of hard to tell how much of that really happened, how much of that, regardless. They squared off before, never romantically linked. And the very interesting thing, two of the most, uh, I guess you'd call the two biggest players in, in the in Marvel comics, because Daredevil, you know, the ladies love Daredevil, and She-Hulk gets around. <laughs> so well, so funny to put them together, because it makes sense cause in so many ways, and they've never been put together romantically in the comics ever. Really? Sure. They're, they're a great match, and you have two actors that are off the charts. Yes. I mean, these are, these are two of the best actors to play Marvel characters. You'll be shocked. I'll be shocked. Of all people that are coming down on She-Hulk, even the people that are coming down on She-Hulk, they love Tatiana Maslany. She's yeah, perfect. She was she's great. She's amazing. She's perfect. She's the... I, I say this on every other yep. podcast, the greatest living actor. I think she's the... And I think whether it's through TV or movies, like if I were gonna build the MCU around the characters and actors that I think are the most interesting right now, and where the actors are like bringing it at a high level, it would be her, Matt Matt Murdock. Charlie Cox. uh, Charlie Cox. Uh, I think Oscar Isaac as Moon Knight was incredible. Wonderful, oh God. Incredible. Um, and uh, I would probably throw in, I mean, I don't know if they're ever going to put Deadpool around with them because it, it is kind of weird to do De- Deadpool and She-Hulk what they both talk to the well, third wall. A, like, that, that could be amazing. See, to me, that's, a, that's, that's something that has to happen at some point because it's so weird because 
I was conflicted about the big fourth wall break in She-Hulk before I, because she was breaking the fourth wall long before Deadpool did. In the comics. Yeah, in the comics. Right, because Deadpool originally, just so you know, is an assassin. He's not this crazy guy. Yeah, he was originally more of just kind of like a mercenary, maybe quipped occasionally, and then Mm -hmm. he, then Joe Kelly got his hands on, and then he's really just made it, made it. He was a knockoff, he was like a, 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 a self-aware knockoff of a DC character called Deathstroke. Yeah. Got it. Anyway, um, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's, I was conflicted because the ending feels very much like, you know, if Dead, it feels very much like Deadpool kills the Marvel Universe, in which that ends famously. He's about to kill the writers and the artists and everything, so it's like a non-lethal version of that. But She-Hulk, again, she would do this at times where she literally can, uh, the John Byrne run, which is what the first season's very much based on. You know, she she steps out of the comic and everything is like like running along the ads or something. So That's it's amazing. All the way into like That's the writer's so room. Great. I might be misremembering the specifics there, but essentially she ends up in the writer's room. And so exactly what happens in the show. Is same, right. Yes, yeah. only now we've They're, given it a You're taking the spirit of that and that, really, really that, going with it. That, great. That, I love getting this backstory. I yeah. love... This is, and this analysis is fantastic. So Christian. Yeah. You mentioned She-Hulk season two. Yes. We play a game on the show called Pitch Imperfect, right? Pitch us She-Hulk season two. Well, I'll tell you, She-Hulk season two, I mean, in general, I, I, I would be very interested to see her, as given their chemistry was so great, to her kind of pop up in Daredevil show and vice versa. So oh. what I would like She-Hulk season two to be, and I don't know, I forget, like timing-wise, like, which would come out first, just given how long, how long in advance they plan these things out. Story-wise, I want her to start her own law firm because I think that's where that character shines and what she should do. Because the whole first season's about her. It's like, hey, you can be you can be the face of our legal division, but you can only. I just love how kind of there's kind of a creep factor of like you can only work as She-Hulk and yeah. she can't say yeah. no to that. Well, it's a huge comment on on the performative performative diversity sort of thing in businesses like yeah. we like i mean and and the way women are treated and in also business. yeah I thought it was the whole the award the ceremony the whole like you know we, yeah. we don't need an award that says female it's just great lord of the year yeah it was great and for my daughters who we watched it with it was very instru- they were also kind of annoyed they're like mom and dad we get the meta story going on now but we like had to tell them all the time right Oh, by the way, with your daughters, I mean, with you too, but just, you know, with everyone, uh, did you show your daughters Three Below yet? Three Below, masterpiece. Yeah. Three Below, Tatiana uh-huh, Maslany and Diego Luna, yeah. and Nick Offerman, yeah. who is one of my daughter's favorite actors, and my older daughter does the best Ron Swanson imitation you've ever seen an 11-year-old awesome. girl do. Awesome. Do you, uh, did you show, have you watched all the connected shows? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We watched the Go whole, ahead. the whole. We watched the whole thing. Um, uh, the troll. That's the Troll Hunters universe. Yeah. But Three Below to me was the best show. The Arcadia verse. The Arcadia verse. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah. Three Below to me was the best show of all the shows. It's it's Three Below is great. I mean, I, my heart's going to go with the Troll Hunters because you have the whole Young Atlas thing. And yeah, but that's then, cool. No, you're right though. I mean, Three Below is then like right, it's like almost neck and neck. It's kind of like a Jessica Jones Daredevil sort of thing. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, Christian, thank you so much thank for coming so much back. For being so with great us. to talk to you, bringing you back on the show, and have a great con. Right, we thank started. You. We have a little groovy intro. This is our.
All right, here we are with one of the greatest members of the Friday Night Movie family. Oh, start. It's we, true. <laughs> we have one of our oldest Comic-Con friends. We have Jay with us. Hello, everybody. How are you? Today in a fabulous Samus Aram. Zero suit Samus. Zero suit Got Samus. Very specific. I was trying to explain to, to Becky that this, because Becky said, saw you earlier. Yes. Wearing... She's, what is what's what? she wearing? I, I, I described I don't it. know any of the cosplays. And, and then I said, oh, no, that's Samus Aram. It's from Metroid. Yes. The game you used to play on Nintendo? Yes. And I'm like, yeah, it was a very forward-thinking uh, game. It was the a big, big reveal. Surprise. The big reveal. I do remember that it, reveal. Because even, even, the, even the, the, the instruction manuals would say, like, oh, the hunter. And it was oh. very, and, but there was, there, it would say he, and there were some you know, uh-huh. male pronouns. So when you beat the game in a fast enough time, and she either took off her helmet or took all of her armor off, the reveal that she was actually a woman was just mind-blowing. So, so cool. So your cosplays, yes. I remember this from the first time meeting you in Jean Grey cosplays. Yes. These are not off-the-rack costumes, correct? Oh, not not particularly. Uh, this print is by, uh, the, 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 the colors and the design is uh, by uh, uh, Brandon Gilbert. And he does a lot of Spider-Man cosplays. And that's what gives the shading. Oh, makes wow. it a little more shiny, a little bit more right. detailed, right? Makes my butt look better. Uh, <laughs> which is all any of us really but want. But then I, I order it from companies that will print it and then size it to you. Mm-hmm. And then I had a tailor for a while. Yeah. And I've had later suits where, like Jean Grey, was actually printed on a big sheet of spandex. Took it to my tailor. She cut it out, pinned it together. I put it on, and then she basically literally sewed me into it. Whoa. Right? So, so they can fit it to you much better. That that, that that is that is amazing, and it and it shows because you're you sort of mesmerize the con the con floor. Well, as as I passed by somebody, and she was like, "Oh, height accurate, Samus. I love it." Because <laughs> oh. Samus Aran is canonically six foot two. Oh, I'm five ten, but in the heels, I'm six two. So I can remember my first conventions. I was telling my girlfriend Lisa about this that I went to like five conventions in my first year as Samus and I got known really quickly as the tall Samus. <laughs> <laughs> all right, you are here with, we're early adopters. I was just looking at all my decks. Yes. Better Backstories, which is an incredible, for the there are people who are writers who watch our show. Mm-hmm. There are people who like role-playing games. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a storytelling tool, yes. but it can be used for so many things. So Please many make things. sure to tell everyone about it. So Better Backstories, I created it because I wanted to share the brainstorming part of my brain with the world and I, I was trying to actually come up with a thing that I could do at conventions and I said oh I want to have a table and I didn't really want to sell pictures of myself I didn't feel I was that good of a cosplayer you're you know, I'm beyond awesome. that good well, as a cosplayer I know, but still, we think you I wanted a product uh, you know and I was like well I'm, I'm really good at brainstorming but no one's going to like bring their D&D character <laughs> and I'm oh yeah let's just do something and then I thought because I have all these books that I use to create backstories and I said well maybe I could run them through the book but that's too cumbersome maybe if I made like flashcards oh like I can make like tarot cards Cards. And you just flip over a few cards, they give you a couple of prompts. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's that was really where it spawned. It was actually a desire to do more stuff at cons. That That's it. amazing. And we've actually used it in brainstorming exercises among the family when we were working on some creative projects. We did a whole facilitation with us and some other folks yeah. where we went through the cards. And I will admit, there, there, there are certain... There are certain um, 
elements that are so, I mean, it's so detailed, right? It's not just so a, detailed. this it's is incredible. a person and they, uh, they're looking for a lost family member. There's so many elements and details that you, you put into it. You get things about their education, about their family, about their desires, about the tools they might use. Right. I mean, it's And even really just adding in the weather option right. or the location yes, yes, option. Yes, 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 the little extra. The little extra nuggets. You know, you could, you could design a map using these cards. You could establish people's, how, how do they feel about you emotionally? Do they like mm -hmm. you? Do they hate you? Uh, you could just go all over the map with it. That, 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 it's, it's so incredible. Okay, I know you only have another minute or so left or maybe less than that. Take your time. Uh, um, just these days, pop culture, movies, television, yes. what's your big recommendation? Oh, big recommendation these days? Um, we just started watching uh, Del Tormo's uh, Cabinet of Curiosities. Oh, that looks cool. It was very well done. I mean, oh, visually cool. stunning, very creepy. You know, Ooh. like like the old classic Twilight Zone where it ends on kind of a downer. Oh, okay. <laughs> Our yeah. sister Lily will love that. Yeah, that's really good. Um, uh, what was it? We what was the other thing we just watched? This. Uh, oh, I got her into the Orville. Oh, that's a cool show. The Orville's such a great show, but as uh, mismarketed, you have I think. to get. No, 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 no. I, I actually saw an interview with uh, um, the writer, and he said, uh, Sean. I can't the the writer, uh, same guy's family guy. Yeah, the family guy, yeah, guy. yeah. yeah whose anyway. name is now escaping me for some reason. Yeah. Um, anyway, he because Seth a family McFarlane? guy, Seth MacFarlane. Seth, Seth MacFarlane. Because because of family. But guy, I was thinking Sean also. By so was I. <laughs> I was like because Sean. because of Family Guy, they want they thought he was going to write a comedy, so he had to pull appeal to his fan base, and the first three or four episodes have a lot of really lowbrow, throwaway, mm -hmm. telegraph jokes that are horrible, and I warned Lisa about it. I said, yeah, there's gonna be some really obvious, like, groaner humor in there. Mm -hmm. And there was, and she's like, do we really have to keep watching this? I was like, just two more episodes. We got to the fifth episode, and now it's actually brilliant. <laughs> it is the Star Wars, Star Trek, uh, show that we always wanted with uh, guns and sex. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. Dr drugs and sex. That, 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 that's amazing. And that is a great note to end on. Tell everybody where they can follow Better Backstories. You can find Better Backstories online at www.betterbackstories.com, <laughs> both with a hyphen and without a hyphen, .com and .net. I bought all four because I'm prepared. That's, that's smart. smart. And at the con, because this will I'm, go out before tomorrow. So I'll be at booth A45, way back in the corner. So you got to come all the way in and see everybody else get distracted and then spend some money with me. That's yeah. amazing. Well, thank you, Jay, for being here and thank being always, always in the Friday Night Movie family. Of course. <laughs> Have a great con. That's right. You can dance. All right, here we are, Baltimore Comic-Con. We have with us... Chase and Ben. Chase and Ben. They seem to be into the Batman universe. Who are you cosplaying as today? Red Hood. Red Hood, who's all right. Re I'm sorry, who's Red Hood? I explain my sister who the Red Hood is. So basically, Jason Todd was an orphan who was caught stealing Batman's tires off the Batmobile. He took him in because he saw potential in him. Let's just say a few years later, becomes very dark and gritty and um, goes on a solo mission, gets kidnapped. Long story short, blown up, brought back to life through the Lazarus Pit, and, well, 
yada yada, people fight, yada yada. He's good again. Yeah. This is the part for me that was the perfect character explanation backstory. It was the correct amount of time with all the information I wanted and he, lots of yada but yada. But it's important you know that he is the second Robin. Yeah, he comes okay. after Robin. He, the first Robin is Dick Grayson, mm -hmm. who becomes Nightwing. Todd, and then Tim Drake, then Damian Wayne. Wow. Exactly. So many Robins. And I'm, yeah. yourself? I'm cosplaying as Robert Pattinson, Batman, and I'm sure you... Also known as Pattinson. I thought he was a great Batman. How about you? I yeah. guess you're cosplaying him, so... Yeah, I think that he did a really good job uh, portraying the character in a way that we've never seen uh, on the big screen before, so... I, I totally agree. I... I'm not going to include Michael Keaton in my favorite Batman because that to me is uh, too close to home. Like, that's the one I, I grew up on. But of the all the other ones, he is my favorite portrayal. It was my favorite of the movies. I, I absolutely loved it. And I'm, I'm like, a, enough of a fan that I think I can appreciate it. I'm not a... Uh, I clearly don't know all the characters, but I liked it. The Red Hood is a great character. The Red Hood because he's comes back as an anti-hero who then arcs back. Yeah, I think the entirety of his story is a great... I just love how much it includes with a lot of the villains, and it's a whole mystery of trying to find out. I think the Under the Red Hood comics was really great, and I think the Under the Red Hood animated movie was also pretty... Terrific, terrific movie. That's one of the... I mean, in general, whereas DC has been a disaster... In live actions, animated... Inconsistent. Their animated movies are amazing. Yes. I think that was kind of their savior point. I think that the inclusion of, like, the black mask, because you don't really hear about him that much in, like, the modern times when we're talking more about the DCEU, I think the black mask inclusion was really great in that arc. That's this is, like, a, a very thorough conversation. Yeah, this is a serious Wait, literature. But our guests here today said they have some strong opinions. We, we love hot takes. I want to know what your hot takes are. What are your strong opinions? I think my uh, strong opinion about Jason Todd that we argue a lot. He thinks Dick is the best Robin. I think Jason's probably the best. I think it's the arc itself is probably what makes him the best, in my opinion. I think that it comes a lot more with redemption, but with Dick Grayson, it was just kind of he was already on the right path. And But I think the... You know, Dick Grayson is... Well, a, is well, I want to hear the yeah, other okay. I hear right. the Sorry, other I got to hold, hold back. If, yeah. if you've ever seen the show the Titans show it gets a lot of hate um I dropped I dropped off mid second season when I was following around Hawk and when I when yeah. the, when I'm talking when I'm looking at Aquila Aqualad yeah. Like, I was like, well, what happened to Raven and Beast Boy? I loved them in the first season, and then I felt like we're not doing any of their stuff anymore. Yeah, it's, but my point is, the show, uh, the Dick Grayson in the show is, we see him as kind of, he starts out as Robin, and then basically he's very gritty. Like, he kills, he, you know... He kind of doesn't work with Batman anymore, and he's just known as Batman's sidekick. And basically, he doesn't want to follow Batman's path, so he gives up the Robin mantle, and then he goes to jail, and he comes back as Nightwing. And I think that's it's a really good way of showing how he went from just Batman's sidekick to his own, you know, his own hero and his own... And I, think I like that argument. Nightwing, That's a I, great so, argument. So I think it's the, the parallels you've drawn, because Nightwing is, yeah, I mean, I love both Nightwing and Red Hood more than I love Robin, but when I was a teenager, no, teenager, when I was in elementary school, 
the Tim Drake Robin was the Robin, and they released the first ever Robin solo comic, and it had like five different variant covers, and I got all of them. So I've always dug Tim Drake as Robin, but I think Dick Grayson and Jason Todd are better characters. I think Tim Drake didn't, I think Tim Drake was more there for emotional support. As we see, after Jason's death and the becoming of Red Hood before the redemption arc, uh, I think that Batman was a little torn, he was getting more gritty. So I think Tim Drake, I wouldn't really call him a Robin, I'd call him more of an emotional support. He was a good detective. He's an emotional he support like sidekick. In the um, Batman Animated Series universe, he does get turned into Joker a couple times. If you watch the Batman Beyond Return of the Joker, there is the... I feel like he's just less of a fighter and more of a, uh, I'd say, like, detective because he knew Batman wasn't dead in that one comic arc when apparently he died, but he didn't believe it. He went by Drake and started doing all this stuff. I think he's more of a... I think he worked better by himself as a Robin bat, rather than a Robin. I just think as a Robin, he didn't really show how much he could have really been. But as Red Robin, before, after the, the better redesign of the suit, the first one, we don't know. Okay. But, um, right, because all the Robins are, are have uh, they go off and they have their own franchise as different characters. Just Got it. Back. They, so you graduate from being Robin to your own hero? It depends. Right now, the longest lasting, I think, is Damien, because he stayed as uh, Robin for a while now. Ever, as he's been introduced, I think he's growing as his more in character. I think when he gets older, I think he'll still keep the title Robin as uh, kind of Tim Drake kept Red Robin, just kind of going off of his now, own. Do the bad. old Robins and new Robins ever interact? I yeah. think there's a whole comic series like that came out in 2021, Red Hood and uh, Nightwing. It's, I haven't Ooh. personally read it, but I think it's, I've heard that it's a really good Does Batman ever rad. do oh. a reunion, invite everyone they, over? Yeah, oh, yeah they, the, the Bat family They is... live in the same house, I'm pretty Oh, sure. all of them <laughs> live <Yes>. together? <laughs> so I think the DC universe, DC animated universe has shown a lot more connections in the family, like Under the Red Hood, Nightwing and Batman are still close. Even in the alter, I know that's more of the animated universe, but like if you're going to the more detailed, like Titans versus Justice League, uh, Judas Contract, that is more of a, I feel like they're more spread apart because Damon's doing his own thing with the Titans. Um, sorry, Nightwing has made his own, got his own house. Batman's just like kind of by himself. I feel like with the Justice League, I think that it's like, uh, it depends on what universe you're coming from. You'll find that each time, I mean, there's a whole webtoon about them being in the same house. I think it's like each universe you find, the different type of family you'll get. I love just how much you know about this. And you, I mean, you seem younger than us. I quite. Yeah. I'm 13, yeah. turning 14. Okay. Turning 14. I thought I was going to say 14. But such an authority, such an encyclopedic mind when it comes to the Batman and Robins. And I really love that. I don't think I know en uh, that much about anything. Where do you come in and come down on the other two, Tim Drake? Well, I mean, when I think of Robin, my mind goes to Damian Wayne because he's the current Robin and also Batman's biological son. Ooh. Um, and like, Isn't he some sort of like unholy creation though? He's like, like a, a, Batman was drugged and we censor purposes. So. Okay. <laughs> By Talia al Ghul. Yes. Yeah. Who's the daughter of Raz al Ghul. Yes. Beck. Oh, right. Father. Oh, yeah. From, from, that's from, 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 from the first movie. From the, yeah, exactly. From the, from the movie. Yeah, from the from movie. That, from the first Christian Bale movie. Yeah, yeah. and the last Christian Bale, Bale movie, movie. She's right. the love yeah, interest, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or maybe not the love interest. So, yes. Well, so, take us so, to yeah. it. So, Damien. You, so, Damien's so, your so, Robin? So, because like, he's the well, son. Well, my favorite is Dick Grayson, but it's just 
when I think of the name Robin and like the character Robin, it my mind goes to Damien, like because when I think of Dick Grayson, I think of Nightwing and Jason Ty, I think of Red Hood and Tim Drake as Red Robin because they've all given up the role of being Robin. I think it's amazing how they've evolved that. Well, all right. So I think. Uh, sorry, were you pointing to me or? I was pointing to you. I was saying th- I was about to say thank you, but oh. I got distracted by all the Comic Con no, for a second. Ben and Chase. and Chase. Ben and Chase. Ben and Chase. Chase and Ben. Thank you so much for being here as part of the show and joining the Friday Night Movie family and have an amazing con. Have a great con. Oh, thank you. Thank you so thank much. You. Have a nice. Here we are at Baltimore Comic-Con. We have three very charming guests. There's a lot of cool happening over here. We have with us Saya, who is a character from, dressed as a character from anime, which we'll explain in a moment. We got Jeff, and we've got B-Cash. B-Cash, by the way, is coming. Your cosplay is as a cool guy, and I think you've achieved that very much so. Thank you, sir. <laughs> so, welcome to the Friday Night Movie Podcast. Here we talk about movies, television, pop culture. When Saya and I were speaking earlier, they told me, they told me that they liked old-timey movies like Men in Black. Oh, wow. And Pulp Fiction. Right, which... Wow. That, yes, those... Which I that but I, I love that? those movies, but I can't believe I those thought, are old timey movies. Were say that, old-timey I went to see those in the theater. Like the Ten <laughs> Commandments or I don't know, some like it hot. Citizen Kane. Citizen Kane, old timey movies. Just movies that we saw when we were in high school. These are movies that we just saw when we were in high school. So okay. for us you made us feel very, very old side. <laughs> no, that's 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 okay. Well, this is, you know, it. Uh, uh, what do you love about that old-timey era of movies? No, it just gave me like a classic feel. Like, oh my gosh, what is what is that movie called? Um, it's with Ti. It's with Ti. Please, uh, you know what I'm talking about. What's that movie called, bro? What's that movie called? Ti. Ti in it. Roller skater. You know what I'm talking about. Oh, um. Lord, anyway. ATL? Yeah, ATL. It gave me, I used to love that movie. I used to watch it all the time when I was a kid with my friends. It just gave me like a classic vibe. It was like, I would say the 90s, probably the wrong time, but to me, it gives 90s. Yeah, I was one to go. Anyway, yeah, it just gives me a nice warm feel. It's like, you can watch it with anybody at any time of the day and you can rewatch it because it's always that good. Like, you can always rewatch Friday. Oh, oh Friday, yeah. is a, Friday is a classic. That's a classic. And it just, that is like, if you're in, like, an uncomfortable space or somewhere that is new for you, it gives you, like, a nice feel. That is a wonderful explanation and, and description. I agree. A movie that you can go back and rewatch oh. over and over again at any time that's always going to make you feel good. And, and yeah. And all right, Jeff, what's your movie that can all, your comfort food, we, we call those comfort food movies. I mean, I think you already said it. Friday, Friday just doesn't. Right. 
I can watch Friday any time of the day, any mood, any weather, mm-hmm. any condition. Like, yeah, it's, just, a, lot it's a touchstone. You can go back to it. Yes, every day. Just smoky. It's just... <laughs> All right, B-Cash, how about you? I like the wood. The wood? Oh, wow. Cool. That's another one from back in the day. Nope. Um, we, we, we might be too young for that, man. But you say old time movies. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and what about today's movies? Are there any of today's movies that you recommend that you think more people gotta watch or listen to? Like this came out. Like much later than Men in Black, uh, but it doesn't have to be this week. <laughs> okay. So basically, Marvel is running it. Like superhero movies are running it. Okay. Hands yeah. down. Okay. Call me by your name. Okay, very cool. And X, the secret world. Like I love Call Me by Your Name when it came out, and I guess it's kind of new. Kind of still new, but I really like the movie. And oh, all the right places, which was like a Netflix movie. Oh, okay. I don't know that one. I've watched it. I know a lot of, like, my friends who watched it, like, all the, all the right places. Like, all right. All right I'll check that one out. And you said, what were the other ones? X? X and Pearl. Oh, X. Uh, yeah. It's kind of like a horror yeah. kind of movie. I just put that in my queue. I cannot wait to see it. Oh, Which man. one? Pearl, the first movie, other girl. That movie kind of Pearl? Origin. Yeah, it's called Pearl. I don't know that one. It's the origin of this. It's the origin of a character in the show. Okay. Oh, wow. That's wild. Cool. All right. I love these new wrecks, new things I haven't heard of. That's always exciting. Love it. Love it. Mm-hmm. But I just want to say, like, as a statement that I stand on, the horror movies today will never compete with the classic horror movies. Okay, again, what's classic? Classic like, movies, Scream. Okay, the, uh, I'm understanding okay. when, when your classic era is. The new, the new era ain't got, the new era ain't got nothing on them. Like, the, new era got more, the new era got more like of a mental scare to it. Like, yeah. The classics have, like, a... Like it gives you that, oh, someone's at my door scare. Like, like physical I, scare, yeah. right? Like, the jump scares ain't it. Easy. Yeah, the jump scares ain't it, like, at all. Like, <laughs> Yeah. It's cool. like, oh. Unlocking your mind. You know, we we have to recommend. Oh, we got to recommend. You want to know the coolest horror thing that I, we I've seen and we've watched and we champion this. We love this movie so much. And it's on Vimeo for free right now because it was in the film festivals all year, winning awards, and now they're just putting it out for people to see. It's called Moshari. Okay, Moshari. It's 22 minutes. Oh, it's a short film. Short film. Don't worry, because you'll be scared enough during it that you're not going to you're going to be you're like you're going to be happy when it's over. But this filmmaker Nuhash Humayun, who is from Bangladesh, he and his team, they have a way of like storytelling about telling you the story of like where they came from and the challenges that's being faced in a place like Bangladesh, but tying it to like horror movie uh, to a horror movie scene that is very fanciful, right? Like it's not, you know, and it, it gives you physical, physical fear and it gets in your heart, but there's a lot of heart in it too. I'm telling you Moshari, 22 minutes, just Google Moshari on Vimeo. That is, that's one of the best movies I saw all year. I, I think it's gonna win an Oscar. It's won in like 20 different festivals, a bunch of Oscar qualifying festivals. It won at South by Southwest. To me, this is the horror movie of the year. And I think when he starts making features, it's gonna blow people away. I, I want to hear from Jeff and B Cash. What are you What are you two watching these days? What are you What are you into? Um, 
these days, I've just been watching anime, to be honest. Like, okay. Just been watching anime, like... And anything particular we should we should check? I mean, we won't understand what you're talking about when you say Like, I've seen Akira, but, like, beyond that, That's I'm not, like, a big anime. I'm aware of a lot of anime, but I couldn't, you know. Akira is good. Um, like, lately, I, I just finished JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. JoJo's Bizarre Adventure? All right. That's a I'll keep great, an eye out for that. It's a great show to watch. All right, cool. And they have, like, 2,000 episodes, these shows, a lot of the times, right? Aren't there some with, like... It's some of like thousands you're thinking of, of one piece. Yeah, you thinking of one piece. Um, yeah, 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 that's one the one. Piece got, uh, It'd be long, that's but it don't be that long. One Piece. It's good? Yeah, one Piece is good. One Piece is good. It could be that's, better, but it's good. The hype is good. Okay. All right. And B Cash, take us out with your recommendation. I, I'm, I'm assuming it's going to be extra cool. <laughs> that's not extra cool. Like she said, old movies. I've been watching a lot of old movies. A lot of movies. But I was watching like raid stuff. Raid. Like, like when they uh yeah. when they fight and oh raid like yeah, raid, raid and raid yeah. redemption. Raid and raid redemption. Oh, we oh love my god! Oh my god! Ooh. Two of my favorite. Two of my favorite I, I movies. Exercise. So that, yeah. it just get me pumped up. The raid, in my opinion, is the best action movie of the last 20, 25 years. I don't think there's a better action movie. If you'd like another movie that has great action that is nothing like the raid, nothing like the raid, but a cool movie. R R R. It's on Netflix. Three R's. Oh, you yeah. seen it? No. R R R. Like the initials. R R R. On Netflix. Fantastic. It's about these two revolutionaries in India. And it's and not. It, it's not Bollywood. It's. Uh, it's Tollywood. It's uh, from another part of India. It's from southern India, and it is like kind of like when we saw. You know when you saw the raid and you were like, what? Is this? That's how we felt when we saw RRR. Like we that hadn't seen action scenes like that before. Incredible action scenes. You watch it and you're like, huh? Amer I love American movies, but they they, they could use some creativity. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you yeah, for I coming like a lot on. Of foreign movies. <laughs> yeah. And like my man Jason Statham. That was my man. Yeah. Jason Statham. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, which is the one where he has the fight where he's covered in like motor oil? Where the one where he like slipping uh, all over the ground? Mechanic. Crank. Crank. Yeah. Uh, crank. Mm-hmm. Of course, the transporter. Transporter. Right. We love transporter. Yeah. All the classics, all the Jason Statham classics. Uh, 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 that's what I'm mechanic. Yeah, 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 mechanic. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's him versus Ben Foster. Mm -hmm. That's an intense one. That scene with the oh, with the garbage that. disposal. We saw that, we saw that in no, the another in classic the... Italian job. Oh, oh yeah, I love Italian. Oh, that's a great one. That's why I, my dream car is still a mini. It's always <laughs> going to be a mini. Yeah. I love them flats. Yeah. I, I, I like them because I'm on my Austin Powers stuff. Oh yeah. They yeah. cool, groovy, right? I, I I love yeah. all of your taste in movies. Yeah, shows. you're all. I totally trust you all the have an, an amazing taste in movies. It is great to meet you, Bcash, Jeff, Sayah. It's nice to meet you. Oh, yeah. It's a pleasure having yeah. you on the show and having you in the Friday Night Movie family. Yes, sir. Right. Thank you. Baltimore Comic Con, and I'm sitting down with Lawrence, who caught my eye as he was walking by because he is wearing a fantastic periodic table of superheroes. Now, Lawrence, 
I, it is well known that I am not an expert in this field. Is this an exclusively DC uh, array of superheroes or are there other, is this just DC characters or is there Marvel in there too or other things I don't know about? I think it's exclusively DC. Okay. And there, do you lean DC over Marvel? Yes. Yes. Okay. We will get into that in a moment. But before we do, you were just telling me that you picked up some very cool stuff. Oh, yeah. Tell me. Lay it on so, me. What did you get? All right. Um, should I show you? Yeah, you can right. show me, but you're going to have to describe it because uh, this will just be released as audio. Okay. I'm, I'm going to show you this one in reverse order because I think it has the most impact that way. Okay. Um, I have moved from uh, collecting physical copies mainly to digital, but I mm -hmm. pick up some physical copies of comic books just for occasions like the Baltimore Comic Con. So here is this excellent team of uh, Chip Starsky, Jorge Avinez, and Tony Mori, um, who just are like probably, you know, one of my Batman dream teams. Like, if you really? had asked me, like, six months prior, who do I want to see on Batman, it would have been these three people. Uh-huh. So, uh, thank you, DC, for that. You got a copy of that. Um, yeah, but I had this copy. You I, had this. I, I, nor, I, I, I had to, even though I kind of stopped collecting physical copies, I mm -hmm. had to pick up this one. Oh, so this is the physical copy that yes. you have now. Yes, and, and so, and I got, I knew that it would be special. So I got it with the blank cover that you can ask, uh, you know, artists or non-artists that you like uh, mm -hmm. to draw on that. And so I asked Tom King, who did an excellent run on mm -hmm. Batman for like three or four years, mm -hmm. Rebirth 1 through 85, yeah. um, to uh, replicate the cover, but in his own hand. And here's what I got. <gasps> This is fantastic. This is, it is, that is wild looking. We're going to have to post a, a photo to go with it because I certainly can't describe. Well, anybody who has followed Tom King on Twitter mm -hmm. knows exactly what this probably looks like. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, he, he really just seemed to have fun with it. There were a couple of kids watching him while he was drawing it. And, uh, you know, right after me, uh, the man standing behind me in line asked uh, to do the uh, Batman Elmer Fudd <laughs> crossover. And that, that turned out also well. And then what was really cool about it was uh, Tom King was taking too long to fill in the black in the uh. shadow of Batman. And uh, Mitch Jarrett was uh, sitting next to him. And so he was sitting there watching, who's really like one of my favorite artists in all the comic books, sitting there coloring in between the lines for Tom, for for Tom, Tom, Tom King. King. For which just goes, up about this which quality goes, to make it go goes, faster. Which goes to show you, A, the camaraderie and the vibe of what we have going on here in Baltimore, but also how legendary Tom King is. That another great artist is going to be like, I'll just, I'll just color it in for you. Um, yeah, I think he was just like didn't want to wait too long for the next person in line. He's like, ah, I'm getting bored here. But, okay, okay. You know, I think there is a lot of respect between mm -hmm. uh, Mitch Jarrett's and Tom King. I've seen them on a couple of panels together. All right. To really enjoy each other's company. So, do you, is is Batman your favorite? Yeah. Batman's your favorite. Okay, and of the films, you also watch. 
the, the movie? Did you see the, the most recent one? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I'm curious what, how you responded to it. What did you think? Um, I thought it was fantastic with just sort of one casting criticism, okay. which is, uh, I forget his name, is Pat... Robert Pattinson. Robert Pattinson. You didn't. You so you did not enjoy him as Batman. This no, time. I did. I did. Um, I thought he was great. Um, it's just. I think I am so used to seeing the steroided out Batman. The right. Comic book, right. It was. Right. Uh, you know, somehow. It was a little more like emo. It was a little more. You know. He was wiry. Yeah, wiry. Exactly. And uh, you know, I kind of think of Batman is more like uh, sort of halfway between um, Nightwing and uh, uh, and Bane. You know, oh. it's like he's sort of like he's not as bulked up as Bane, but he's not as wiry as Nightwing. Right. I think. Um, uh, Robert, uh, Robert Pattinson. Robert Pattinson. Mm-hmm. Pattinson or Pattinson? Pattinson. Pat- I, I, Pattinson. I did not. Oh, now you're confusing me. But the nickname. I didn't watch the Twilight yeah. movies. So. Um. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think he might have actually made a better name. People, people have been nicknaming it the Pattinson. Oh. No, I thought his performance was great. I thought the writing was great. I, I thought it was a really good take on it, and it captured a lot of the motifs of, like, you know, a lot of previous runs. Um, it might have been more of a comic book fans movie. Than mm-hmm. a, uh, you know. Well, I got to tell you, as someone who, like, I've seen the various Batman movies, and I'm very aware of, you know, the comic books and all that, but I have not, certainly would not consider myself any sort of a real collector of any sort, but I really like the movie. I, I enjoyed it a lot, and uh, my brother, who's far more versed in it, has explained a lot of the the connections and the great moments that are pulled directly from um, the the comic book. So, I I enjoyed it. And I appreciated it, and and I really and I like hearing that a true fan such as yourself liked it. That gives it to me. See, the reason why you're a great person to interview is because that gives the movie, or that gives. The, the positive review credibility. You have a lot more credibility credibility when it comes to Batman than I do. So it's really I respect your uh, your review and your opinion. Yeah, well, what, what you've just proven there is that we have never met before. <laughs> Lawrence, you are very funny, and I want to thank you for for coming on and joining me today on the pod. And I hope you enjoy uh, the rest of your time at Sun. You can follow all the Friday Night Movie shenanigans at Friday Night Movie on Twitter and Instagram. You can sign up for our newsletter at FridayNightMoviePod.com. Our theme music is by What Does It Eat? Thanks for listening.